How many is planning on going to see the King? Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, come to you tonight once again, just submitting ourselves to you, Lord, and asking, Lord, that you would speak and you would touch hearts and you would lift our faith up a little higher. We pray, pray, we pray Father, that you would come and have preeminence in our lives every part and every place, Lord. We're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in this church and these people. Father, truly we see the work of the Holy Ghost in many lives, Lord. We see you having preeminence, but God, we're looking for that total deliverance from this old vile body, Lord, that change, Lord, to come and sweep over us, Lord, to go to meet you in the air, Lord. What a day that'll be. We do believe that soon and very soon we're going to see you and we're going to see our loved ones that's going on before, Father. All those, Lord, that's fought this fight of faith, Lord, the heroes of faith, Father, will be gathered together once again, never to leave your presence, Father. And Lord, we're looking forward to that day. Father, tonight we just ask that you would come and move in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to turn to 2 Corinthians and also Genesis 3. Amen. This is 10 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Also Genesis 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Amen. We'll let you be seated today. I'd like to speak to you again on the stronghold of unbelief. Stronghold of unbelief. As we know... And we were speaking about last Wednesday, our world is, that we're living in is getting darker every day and every moment. Unbelief seems to be gathering its forces on every side and every hand. And, and we know that, that the, the demons have been released in this time, in this atmosphere that we're living in. And, and you know, uh, it gives me great comfort that a prophet of God would look at that and he would say, when all, you know, when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose with it. And so there is unbelief that is in the world, but there's also faith that is in the world. And there's a people of faith that is in the world. Amen. Now, the stronghold of unbelief, as we looked at it, the unbelief is the lack of religious beliefs or the absence of faith. Now, when they, where there's an absence of faith, there is the presence of, of doubt. There's presence of confusion, the presence of unbelief, the presence of fear, the presence of, uh, uh, of worry, and, and all these other things that come with it. 
But it takes faith to please God. It's impossible to please him without faith. It's impossible to even know God without faith. It's, it's impossible to even understand even the, the, the smallest details of God without faith. It takes faith to realize that, that, that God is real and to believe that he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, it takes faith in the lives to see God come and move in our hearts. Amen. It takes faith. Unbelief does nothing but bring worry and fear and doubt and all the other things that went with it. Now, as we read in our scripture, Satan in his enticement told Eve that God said that, but he didn't mean it. Amen. That's exactly how he tries to approach us. Amen. He'll, he'll, he won't deny that God said something, but he'll just say God didn't mean it that way. Amen. He'll, he'll, he won't deny that the word says by, the, by, by his stripes that you're healed, but he will deny that God meant it for this day that we're living in. Or he'll, he'll take a little portion of it and twist it in a certain way. See, he, see, he will, tries to whitewash the word, therefore to take the power out of the word. Amen. Because if he can interject one little iota or one little small dot of unbelief, it strips the power out of the word for you. Amen. Amen. In other words, you, you know, your eyes will be open. You'll, you'll know a lot more. You'll know knowledge. This is what he's trying to put out there. And now that same rotten lie is told by Satan to preachers and churches that the word of God says so-and-so, but it don't mean that anymore. And this is why we see churches in the condition that they're in in this age that we're living in because they, they are not denying that the, word don't, that the word says that. You can show them whether it be cutting of hair or, or holiness or things like that in the Bible. They'll say, well, that we, you know, they can't deny that it's not written there, but they'll, they'll put the, the knowledge of man over what the word of God says and man's own interpretation. But we know God cannot lie. God cannot change. If it's written in his word now, and here upon the, on the black letters written on white paper, he still has the same beliefs. He still has the same thoughts. He cannot change his mind about it. And I'm thankful to serve a God like that. I'm thankful to serve a God who does one morning, one morning he's thinking one thing, and the next morning he's thinking another. I, I don't want to serve a God like that. But I'm thankful to know that the God who says something, he'll stick by it throughout the ages, throughout eternity, no matter how bad sin gets, no matter how seemingly powerful the devil gets, God's word is still the same. So he gives us something very firm that we can stand upon, that we can hold upon, that we can rest upon, that that's not unstable because we are in a very unstable world. Amen. Economies are unstable. Governments are unstable. Everything around us is unstable, but there is one thing that you can depend upon. That is the word of God. If God spoke it, it's still the same today as it was yesterday or a million years ago and it'll be the same a million years from now because God cannot lie. This is what he would say in Titus. He'd say, Paul, Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Amen. He cannot lie. He cannot change his mind about his word. Therefore, if he cannot change his mind about his word, he cannot change his thoughts about you. 
Hallelujah. He cannot change his thought. Oh, my. I'm thankful to serve a God like that. Because, you know, I can change my thoughts about Brother Aaron. Aaron Brother Aaron, could, something could happen. You know, God forbid, but something can happen. He could change his thoughts about me. We're human. Amen. We, we all, our thoughts are changing. I, I mean, you, you've had thoughts change right here in this service in the last five minutes. Your thoughts change. But if God thought about you one way in the beginning, he cannot change his mind about you. Amen, because he cannot lie. He cannot deny his word. So he cannot deny what he thought of you. He cannot change his mind about it. Amen, it does not matter how many devils try to cover you, how many devils try to hinder you, how many devils try to tear you up and break you apart. God cannot change his mind about you because God cannot lie. Hallelujah. And it gives me great confidence to know that I can stand upon that, that I don't have to get up in the morning worrying what God thought about me. Because God had a thought of me before the foundation of the world. And every devil in hell has tried to turn it. He's tried to stop it. He's tried to twist it. But God said, no, my thought is still the same. My word is still the same. This is why he would call you in Revelation the true sayings of God. Because you are the word of God expressed to this age. Hallelujah. Numbers 23, verse 19. Amen. God is not a man that he does not lie. Now, this is quite interesting. This is actually the words of Balaam as he would speak the promise of God to Balak. You can go and read the chapter as Balak had tried to hire Balaam to curse God's people. Amen. And he would come and he would build altars and he would try to worship and he would try to curse God's people. But see, God's, God's word don't change. That was God's people. Come on. And he tried to bring them from different points on the mountain and different sides and the hinder parts and all of that. He was trying to get a curse upon God's people. And every time when he would try to curse them, the words of God would come out of his mouth and bless them. Amen. Did he say that he, that he that curses you, he'll turn that curse into a blessing? Amen. This is what the devil wants to do to you. He wants to curse you. He wants to come upon you and say you're no good. You're not, you're, it's impossible that God could ever use you for anything. It's impossible that you will ever be anything in God's economy. That's nothing but the voice of a God, unbelief. That's the curses of the devil. But God will turn that around and say that ain't my words. That's the devil's words. My word says you are mine. My word says you are my son. My word says you are my daughter. My word says that you are mine. Hallelujah. And when he says that, there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Amen. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Hallelujah. Every promise that he has spoken, he will fulfill. Every, he will carry every one of them through. It may seem impossible, but he thrives in impossibilities. It may seem like it's impossible to come to pass that your children will ever be saved, but there's a word laying upon over them. There's a promise that's hanging over their heads, and they have to come to that moment because God's word has been spoken. Amen. When God has spoken anything, he will perform it. You believe that? Yes. So he's going to have a bride. Yes, right. You believe that? Yes. He's going to have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. Yes. And it's not just a fictitious character. It's somebody. He said, I don't know who it is, but it'll be there. You yes. say, where will they get it? I don't know, but it's going to be there. Why? God said so, and therefore God cannot lie. 
in the darkest age has ever been, in the most unbelief there's ever been, in the most demonic pressures there's ever been, God said, I'll have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. In the most impossible situation, God said, I'll have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. Listen, I'm not talking to somebody out there this evening. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you what the word has spoke about you. He said, in this impossible Eden, in Satan's Eden, in the darkest time there's ever been, I will have a bride. And he's not going to change his mind about it. God's first decision is always perfect and is eternal. That's how we existed as eternal beings in the mind of God, as thoughts, amen, of God. God's thoughts are eternal thoughts. He don't change his mind. We know that's true because God cannot lie and he cannot take his word back. Oh, hallelujah. But we know unbelief was born in Eden. And unbelief is to doubt what God has said. That's right. it's to, all Satan is trying, he can't tell you that God won't have a bride without spot, without wrinkle, because it's written there in the Word. Right. You can go read it yourself. That's what God, that's God's Word. He said, I'm going to have, he, he can't tell you that he didn't go to prepare a place. Because it's written right there in the Word. But what he wants to tell you, it wasn't prepared for you. Come on. What he wants to tell you that the bride without spot, without wrinkle is not referring to you. Amen. When, when you hear the story of the eagle or the crow, he's always wanting to try to tell you you're the crow. Or you're the bad person. Or, or you're, the, you're the one that's going to fall. or you're, you're the, It's a voice of unbelief trying to, dis, dis, to dis, make you disbelieve God's word for you. Amen. Did you notice unbelief born in the Garden of Eden. It, there was much the word, word of God considered for even Satan said unto Eve, God has said. He didn't deny God has said, but he denied that God would do what he said. Amen. Amen. And that was the birth of unbelief. Amen. That God would deny or that, that he would get you to believe God would deny what he said. Or wouldn't fulfill what he said. Amen. 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 To very one iota, one little moment, one little, you know, one little thing. That's all he wants because he knows if he can get you to do that. Now, you know, I understand when when they go and they survey land. Brother Wayne actually was talking about this one time when he was out here working at the very beginning. He said, you know, I I had actually preached on it about it. When they survey land, they find the point right there that's a true point and from that point they begin to find the other ones and he said if they're if they're laser or whatever they're using you know things have really advanced in the time we're living in but if they whatever they're using was just off just a a millimeter or the tiniest little bit at the beginning when they got off a hundred yards or a mile down the road and they tried to bring it they'd be off five feet ten feet twenty feet And that's all he's wanting you to do is just get you off track just for a little bit. Because if he knows if you'll stay off that in that moment, pretty soon you'll be further and further and further away from God. And this is why you see people where they're at today. Amen. And the message, they're so far away from God that they're denying the message. And that didn't happen overnight. 
Amen. Even what she did did not happen overnight. It took time and it began to move Satan working at her, trying at her, moving in her heart, moving in her reasoning, moving in her thoughts day after day, maybe a thousand years, maybe a million years. I don't know how long it took, but all it took was one little move away. And this is where people are that's leaving the message. It takes one little deviation away from the word. And before you know it, what they used, what they thought they'd never do, they're now doing. That's right. And making excuses and saying it's okay. Come on. Amen. And just like the church world has done, amen, they started out in the right path. Luther started out in the right path. Wesley started out in the right path. But they begin to deviate. Amen. Not the messengers, but the people that follow them begin to deviate. Amen. And it's happening every revival. Amen. We know the, revival, the cycle of revival and death has never failed. What happens when they move away from that line, the line, the demarcation of God's word, they move away from it and it leads to death. The devil don't show you the end down there. Come on now. He ain't showed them the end. He's only got them off just a little bit until they get down to the end. They realize, what have I done? This is where people is going to be in this message when they realize, what have I done? You must stay right with it regardless of what or how, what, who leaves, what, our lives so forth must measure up with thus saith the Lord. And I believe as we heard Sunday, this message has been backed up by thus saith the Lord. An angel of God, Jesus himself coming down and putting his stamp upon this this message. Listen, this message was not stamped by a seventh grade Kentuckian preacher or, or some school of theology that searched it all out and said, yeah, it's okay. This message was stamped by a true and faithful witness, the amen of God. He put his name on it. Hallelujah. (laughs) But notice, Brother Manum puts it like this. He said, she had the word, but she was hunting for some new light. She had become dissatisfied with the perfect Eden. Think about that. That's that's unbelievable. She wanted something else, something more, and Satan seen to it that she got it. Amen. See, we never want to add to the word or take away from the word, when we, but just leave it right there. Stay right with the word, for anything else contrary is unbelief. Right. He said, it's kind of like this, it's so cunning. He said, it's like this, if somebody said, Brother Branham went to the church of God this morning, correct? He met with the pastor, Correct. He had a dark suit and a tie on, correct? He sat down on the right side of the pastor, correct? He got up and spoke, correct? And maybe all of that is true every bit. But then they say, just before, when he come to the door, he got to the door there and he took a drink out of a bottle. Now there's the lie. All the rest is true, it's perfectly true. To that one little thing, it throws the whole thing off. He said, that's what the devil does. He brings us down to everything, shows us so lovely, and we'll go in and agree with most of the word, but he won't let you take all the word. Amen. That's what we got to do. He will say, I believe there's such a thing as a new birth, but what I think is a change of the mind. He said, it's not a change of the mind. It's a new creature. 
Amen. It, the church doesn't need just a facelift, he said. It needs a conversion. It needs to be a cr- new creature. Unbelief will push you over to the other side. Many of them say now, he says, listen to this. I thought this was astounding. We believe in the Holy Ghost in our place, but we believe that we be- when we believe God, we receive the Holy Ghost. Did you hear that? He said, we, be- we believe in the Holy Ghost, but we believe that when we believe God, we receive the Holy Ghost. You see how close that is? He said, what if the disciples, after six days in the upper room, one of them, Matthew, maybe said to Andrew, you know what? I believe we got it already. Let's accept it by faith. It would have never happened. It would have never happened. The only way they knew how it was to come, they had to go back to Scripture. And in scripture, they had scripture for it. Joel said, it shall come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and upon my handsmaid and maidservant will I pour out my spirit and I'll show signs in the heaven and the earth. Isaiah said, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the table shall be full of vomit, but the word will come precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, hold fast to that which is good, for with stammering lips and other tongues will I speak to this people, and this is the rest. This is the keeping of the Sabbath that you should enter to. But they wouldn't understand it, and they walked away, wagging their heads and so forth. But those disciples were trained in the word. Hallelujah. So if those disciples were trained in the word to receive the Holy Ghost and they had to receive it in a certain way, what makes you think we can receive it any different? Amen. We got a whole theology of uh, Pharisees of the, uh, of, of the message that want to say, well, you just accept it by faith. No, you accepted it, but you accepted it by a nature change, a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's not just a mind change. It's a heart change. It's a body change. It's a nature change. It changes everything. Amen. It makes you think different about the things of God. It makes you think on the things of God. It makes you, uh, you, you put God in his rightful place. That's right. He said, I know in the last days, it's to, what's going to take a, a person to be able to stand is a scriptural trained church. Oh, my. Scriptural trained church. For there's going to be carnal impersonations rise. The Bible says, Janus and Jammers withstood Moses, so these men with reprobate minds concerning the truth. And Jesus was the truth. Thy word is truth. Because in the beginning was the word. Word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God is more powerful than a two-edged sword. Cutting the son of the bone and discerning the thoughts of the heart. We realize that we're in the day to where anything can look so real. But if it's off the scripture, leave it alone. No matter what kind of sensation or results you might find out of it, if it is in Scripture, stay away from it. Stay right with the Word. Amen. But see, unbelief doesn't destroy God. It, it doesn't destroy His plan. It doesn't destroy His works. Unbelief only destroys the unbeliever. Unbelief only hinders the unbeliever. 
Because God will find somebody that will believe. Amen. When they tried to tell them, you know, that, that, that they was making too much noise and, and, you know, they're shouting in the streets because of the Savior was there and they recognized him and they were seeing the works of God and they were seeing God manifest in the flesh. There were some true believers there. And, and he said, and they told him, he said, won't you make them shut up? They're, 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 tell them to hold their peace. They're making too much noise. He said, I can't do that. He said, if I do that, the rocks will begin to cry out. What is it? God is going to have somebody that's going to believe. Now, you may let unbelief hinder you, but unbelief won't hinder God. God will go right around you and find somebody that will believe. He'll find somebody that will hold on to the word. He'll find somebody that won't deny the word. He'll find somebody that will believe. Man, you may not be able to believe for the Holy Ghost, but he'll find somebody who will. People limit God. You say, how can they limit God? God's unlimited. Yes, he is. Right. Well, unbelief limits God right. to that person. Yes. Or maybe they affect others. You know, I'm, I'm no doubt a pastor and his unbelief can affect, affect a whole lot of people. Sure. And I mean, a father, mother, and their unbelief can affect their whole family and Amen. all the way out somewhere, you know. Right. But, but what I'm trying to get to you, unbelief, if, is it hinders you. That's the main object I'm getting to. This is what he would say in Psalm 78 and verse 9. We can read it before, but you can go back and read it tonight. It's really amazing. As you look at the children of Israel and all the things that they witnessed, incredible miracles as we know. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. So what I mean, here they are armed. God doesn't give them what it takes to take take the take the, the promises of God. They're carrying bows. They're armed people, but unbelief turned them back in the day of battle. Amen. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law and forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them, marvelous things that He did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea. He caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as they heat. In the daytime also, he led them with the cloud, and all night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Question them. Can you imagine a people like this that has seen all of this and their fathers had seen it, all the things, and no doubt had told them all that God had done, and many of them witnessed it for themselves, and they're still asking God, can you do this? Huh? Can you really do this? Can you imagine the people in this age that have seen all the mighty miracles that has taken place in this generation and people are getting here and saying, can God truly get a bride in Laodicea? Can God really heal the sick? Can God really save the lost? And they begin to make the excuses why their churches are dead and they say mercy's over and they say the Holy Ghost is only received by faith and, and they make it into an intellectual gospel. Why? Because of their unbelief. It wasn't because they didn't see God, amen, unveiled before them. They saw him. 
Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? <laughs> He's healed cancer before, can he? Can he do it again? Got a few believers in here this evening. He saved, he saved my heart. Can he save some more? That's right. Sure can. He delivered many from drugs. Can he do it again? Yes. Every day. Amen. Can he, can he, can he still fulfill his word in this, in this hour that we're living in? And all these questions are coming up. Why? Because of the unbelief. I mean, I, I mean, the church world has gotten so far away that, to where they don't even believe in praying for the sick no more. Uh, can you imagine? I, I don't know how they even got there. Somehow, somewhere they moved off a little bit until they got down there somewhere way off to where they don't even believe God can still heal. They don't even believe in still laying on their hands or, or still praying the prayer of faith. They don't believe in that no more. Hey, you know, we, we look at the church world and we say, oh, that's sad. It's coming right into the ranks of the message. People that have witnessed over and over the supernatural move of God. Amen. Their fathers saw it. And they deny them and say, it ain't so. Witnesses that were there time after time that the angel of God come in the building and they deny it and say, it ain't so. How did they get there? Because they moved off. Can he provide flesh for his people? Can he still heal the sick? Yes. Can he still raise the dead? Yes. Yes, he can. yes, he can. Hallelujah. Therefore, the Lord heard this and was wroth. At what? They're questioning him. You don't question God. You believe God. You don't question the scripture. You believe the scripture. If it's said so, believe it and stand there. Listen, I would rather be a person standing upon the word of God and people dying all around me than to walk away from him and say he can't do it. I know he can do it. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still does what he said he will. Amen. He was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. And anger also come up against Israel because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna upon them to eat and given them of corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full until it was just it was coming out of their throats. He provided so much. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought a south wind. He rained flesh upon them as dust, feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. He let it fall in the midst of their camps, round about their habitation. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them of their own desire. They were not estranged for their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still and believed not still for his wondrous works. 
Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him and they returned and inquired early of God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, but they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. How? By unbelief. You can listen to the you can you can listen to the sermons as as a, as a, as the hearts were being discerned. What would be hindered? Unbelief. That's nothing but telepathy. That's nothing but mind reading. That's that's nothing but he already he they just must have had it written on their card. All kinds of unbelief. But if he could ever find somebody that or a crowd or somebody that would believe. He'd talk about the Indians. He, he would talk about those big crowds, I believe, over, over in different places when they saw the sign of the Messiah. Amen. When they saw God had visited them and only God could do the things that were being done. Amen. It is not just out of his mouth. It's out of his contemporaries' mouth. That's right. They gave witness to it that only God could do the things that were being done. And out there in that big crowd, when they saw, amen, a man, a little boy, a young man, whatever it was, came up with a chain around his neck being led by a dog. And it seemed impossible. It was all crippled up, mangled. Amen. And but all of a sudden, Brother Brandon began to speak to him, began to talk to him, and shook his chain and told him to stand up. And all of his bones came normal. Something went over that crowd. All the unbelief left the building. Amen. All the unbelief left the building. And he said, who wants to give their hearts to the Lord? And he said, why don't you throw down those idols? And he said, it was like a dust storm in there because of all the idols that were thrown down. Why? Because they saw something that was worth believing. Their idols had never been able to do that. Their idols had never been able to save them, heal them, deliver them. But they finally saw a God who could. And he's still that God tonight. Amen. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same one that'll shake a chain and say, rise to your feet in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking at a lot of people that were in worse shape than that deformed human being. But spiritually, you were deformed in every kind of manner, all withered up and inside. But a voice spoke to you, and it shook that chain and said, rise. That's not who you are. You're not a deformed nobody. The devil is trying to put that on you. You're a child of God. But when we go back to those things and begin to question, well, can this be the service? Can, can, you know, all can. Can it be? Can it? Can, can, can. It limits God. But in the face of all doubt, God will continue to prove his word. As he has in every age. Unbelief doesn't stop God. It doesn't hinder him. This is a prophet. He said, I don't care how much the world unbelieves, it's still going to happen. Thank you, Jesus. God's word's still going to come to pass. Hallelujah. 
unbelief doesn't do nothing but condemn the unbeliever. Unbelief will send the unbeliever to hell. It'll rob him of every blessing God promised to him. Did you hear that? But it doesn't hinder God from going right on with the believer. Unbelief doesn't stop God. It only stops the unbeliever. How does he make his word known to the people? God knowing that there would be unbelievers. Well, what's the wisdom of God? Knowing there'd be unbelievers, how the majority would be unbelievers. And that's the world we're living in. The majority are unbelievers. There may be a few make-believers and a few fewer believers. But by foreknowledge, predestination, he, pre- he put a seed for every age. He put something in every age that there'd be somebody believe. <laughs> if you notice, he says, for every age goes right with this word. Everything is exactly right on time. Nothing hinders God. He goes right on. Every click is moving exactly right. Every click is moving exactly right. We think sometimes it's not going to work out. He said, but don't you worry. It's worked out every time. His clock is timed exactly right to the split instant. And everything's working just exactly right. We have word for that. Amen. At the split instant that that three Hebrew children would step into a a fire, the fourth man came. It might look impossible. It did look impossible that they would survive this. It it looked like man had done it. They was over with. Their life was done. But they said, though God slay me, we're going to trust him. We're going to go into the Live forever, O king. But we're we're not going to bow. We're not going to bend. Amen. We're not going to go to what you decree. We're going on with our God. Amen. Hallelujah. And they walked right down into the fire. And as they stepped into the fire, throat in the fire, feet first, head first, sideways or backwards, it don't matter which way they went in. What mattered was God was in the fire with him. Hallelujah. Amen. What matters tonight is not what, what I am, who I am, or anything like that. As long as I stand with his word, his clock is ticking exactly right. Oh, Satan's Eden's getting worse. His clock is ticking exactly right. Sickness seems to be getting worse. His clock is ticking exactly right. Amen. Sin is getting worse. His clock is ticking exactly right. As long as God's with me, I'm going to be okay. And he promised he would be. He told you he'd never leave you or forsake you. Oh, come on, church. It's going to work out right. Don't worry. It's time to the perfect time. He said, when I look around and I see all these Rickies and Rickettas, he called them, derelicts, reprobates, as the scripture would call them, reprobate minds. That we got today on the streets. He says, sometimes I think, oh God, oh God. He said, but God then speaks to me, and he says, wait a minute. My timepiece is turning exactly right. I've got to put you on the same basis I did the first men them days. I put you in the same basis as Luther, same basis of Wesley. See, the sin wasn't known then like it is now. We got more knowledge now than we ever had. But when the enemy comes in like a flood... 
the Spirit of God will raise a standard against it. And now today we got more knowledge, more understanding, more rivers of unbelief flowing in so hard, but God raises a standard against it. He predestinated these things to happen. He foretold them by his prophets they would happen. Amen. Amen. Everything that we see happening is in the Bible. Regardless of what anyone else says, amen, it's in the Bible. We find out, amen, I believe it, he said this in 1 Thessalonians, he said he has predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. God, amen, not saying I, I'll choose you and don't choose you, but by his foreknowledge knew what you would do. Amen. <laughs> that when his word would come across your path, there was something on the inside of you that would believe that word. Even though it seemed crazy and old foggy ideas and impossibility. Hey, listen, this message is old foggy and out of date to this world. <laughs> it's out of date to this world. This world don't like it. They don't like the way our sisters dress. They don't like the way you look. They don't like the way our brothers act in the world. They don't like nothing about us. This world don't. But this what we are doing is not on our own desires or our own wants or our own, our own beliefs. What we are doing is by the decree of Almighty God. Hallelujah. But by his foreknowledge, he set it all in order. What? Order. It seems to be the most craziest, chaotic. It's an order. Somebody made this statement. I believe it was, I can't remember the man's name. It was one of the reformers. I believe it was. But he said, when God wants to judge a nation, he gives them ungodly rulers. What we're seeing is not out of order. It may look out of order. It may look terrible, and it is terrible. As far as humanly speaking, looking at it and seeing the world, but this ain't our home. I don't know about you, but I'm not planning on staying, staying here. Amen. There's a whole world that's trying to figure it all out, and how they're going to come... But this world is, is already prophesied to burn. That's the word of God. That's not some man's idea. That's the word of God. It's in Bible print form. It's going to burn. You know, I think I've said this before, but I overseas a lot. You get, you get a lot of criticism toward the U.S. a lot of times with the brothers, you know. Uh, you know, the U.S. just terrible, just terrible, and it's going to burn. It's a brother, the prophet of God saw it and, and, and bombs, smoke bombs and craters, and, and they're kind of using that as a sneer. And I look at them, I'm like, have you not read the Bible? The whole world's going to burn. It's all going to be consumed with an unquenchable fire. So you can have all your pride all you want to. You can do all you want to. Build your castle as high as you want to. You ain't got something high enough. This place is going to burn. And it's going to be burned, amen, with nuclear. I mean, there's never been a time that this world could burn like it can burn today. Nuclear destruction to completely destroy this whole world. Unquenchable fire. But where, how does people get to the place they are? 
How did Eve get to where she did? Satan led her to disbelief. One little step at a time. One little moment at a time. For Satan himself never did believe it. So he led her to disbelief. He still does the same thing. He teaches others the same. They disbelieve like she did. But God has given his word for your defense. That when he comes against you, you go back to his word. That's what Jesus showed us, the perfect plan to defeat Satan. It is written. You have to take him back to the word. And it ain't up to you to bring the word to pass. It's just written. It's up to him, and he will bring it to pass. When he tries to tell you you have an incurable disease, you take him back to the word. He's the Lord God that heals all diseases. So in that definition of all, that means there's no such a thing as an incurable disease. Amen. God heals everybody, everything, every disease. Amen. He, 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 does, he, does, he, he fulfills his word no matter if there's millions that disbelieve. Churches don't believe. That don't matter. It's all working according to his time. I know the devil tries to come to you young people and say, well, you don't have a future. You know, we could be gone. This could all be over in just a few, whatever, five minutes, five years, 15 years. You don't have, you've got one of the greatest opportunities of a future there's ever been. Are you kidding me? Listen, young people, you got the opportunity, I believe, in this age that we're living in to skip old age. That's a big deal. How many old people can say amen? There's a lot of old people out there. <laughs> Amen. You have the opportunity for the greatest future ever. It's greater than any 401k you could ever imagine. It's greater than any house you could ever build here on earth. It's greater than any education and the many plaques you can put up on the wall. You have the greatest opportunity ever. And But the devil wants to tell you you don't have a future. You need to turn back to the devil and say, it is written. I have the greatest future ever known to man. Because my God said, behold, I go to a place to prepare a place for me. He said you. He meant you. I'm going to prepare you a mansion. How's it going to be? Well, about this tall, dark-headed, black-eyed. That's the mansion I'm looking for. I don't care nothing about a big old giant mansion somewhere and a gold knobs or whatever, a gold-plated floor. I could care less about that. I want a mansion that's not going to decay, a body that's not going to get old. A body that's not going to feel pain. Listen, these ain't fairy tales I'm talking about. It's in the Word of God. There's going to be a people that's going to experience that. Hallelujah. And it might as well be us. We might as well be a people that believes He's going to fulfill what He said He would. He's going to give us a body that won't die, won't decay. He's going to give us a place where there'll be no sorrow, no sadness, no unbelief, no worry, no doubt. Sounds like a good place to me. Hallelujah. He's going to give me a place of joy, everlasting and full of glory, that I can worship in his presence and never get tired. People reason. You know, I mean, 
let me just put it this way. Message people make it hard to witness. Seriously, on like on the, I've had to deal with it. You post something of what the prophet of God said, or, or you know, you post this picture of Kamala and her Kamala, whatever her name is, in, in this purple, and they want to. The message people want to argue and say, "Well, she's not beautiful," and she said, "That's blue," and and they get in this big old fuss and big old argument. Whether it is she is or whether she ain't, there's going to be one. It personally looks like to me that she fits the bill. Amen. I, I, but I'm not going to argue about that because I'm going to go back to what he said. There's going to be one. And people, people will get to, they'll see it unveiled right before them. And they're looking for something else. Because in their preconceived mind, it's got to come a certain way, and it's got to be a certain way, and it's got to do a certain, just like they did when Jesus came the first time. They thought, well, there ain't no way that he, he's going to come like, like he did. That's impossible. An illegitimate child, are you kidding me? And they begin to sneer at him and, and put a mark him with all kind of dirty marks. The very God veiled in flesh. And they begin to they thought, well, if he if he came the way in their minds, he would have come with a, a thousand angel salute or whatever, and he did, but they missed it. But he would have opened up the heavens, rolled out the red carpet, come down to Caiaphasus and said, Here I am. The king has come. But he didn't come the way they was expecting. And they missed it. Why? Because of their unbelief. They had added to, they had taken away, they had, they, they had changed the word of God to where when God came, amen, he was written there in the word. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And it described him, told him oh, who he would be, and, and, and he told of his life, of, and that, he wouldn't, that he wouldn't lay more than three days in a tomb. Told him all kinds of things in the word, that his body would not, his bones wouldn't be broken. And all the things, all the prophecies that would let, but they begin to change it. Oh, they sung about it, they talked about it, but they just changed it a little bit. And their views changed this. And they debated this until it was so out of, out of focus they couldn't even see him when he walked through the building. His own family couldn't do it, couldn't even, his own, his own people around him. The group, the group that he grew up with, the city, as he went back, as we read last Wednesday, they mar he marveled at their unbelief and could not do the mighty works. But he still did the mighty works. He just found somebody that would believe. And this is where we're at. Things are going to happen. And people are going to look them right straight in the eye and say it can't be. And all of a sudden stuff is happening and they missed it. Why? Because unbelief. He said, well, I, I think. He said, you ain't got no thought coming. I kind of like the way he puts it. I know you educated people that probably like chalk fingers on the chalkboard. It sounds good to me because it puts it right where you ought to grab it. You ain't got a thought coming. What good has your thoughts done you? Amen. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Christ is the word. Let the word be in you. All the other words will be wrong, but Christ's words will be right. Others believed him and all of his reasons like she did, Satan. But, well, why, why would God do this? Why would he not do that? How is this going? It's con but it's con if it's contrary to the word, don't believe it. 
Go back to the word again. Amen. Amen. We're going down here. Mercy. Brother Brandon would tell a story about a, a man who made a challenge of giving somebody $1,000 if they could show one supernatural healing that had taken place. He's like, well, my, I got many of them. I, I can use that $1,000, put it in the mission. That's right. So he, he called up there and, and, and said, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to show you something supernatural. And he said, well, I'll pay you for your time. He said, I wanted to collect $1,000 for the missionaries. He said, but when I got to the pastor's study, I said, I heard your, I heard your broadcast that you'd give $1,000 to anyone that proof, produces proof of divine healing. I said, I, he, said, I, he said, yes. I said, well, go ahead and make out the check. Yeah. I said, here's a man. Here's his doctor. Amen. He said, tell him all about it. He said, I, I, I can't believe that. He said, I'll tell you what, brother, brother. He said, I'll tell you what. I'll bring a little girl here and let me cut her hand and then let me see you heal it. Then I'll believe. He said, well, really, the one that needs healing is you. He said, you need a mental, mental healing. He said, that's just the same old devil that said, if thou be the son of God, do this and do that. He said, if he'd have done it, he would have been listening to what the devil said instead of what God said. He could have done it, but he would have been listening to the devil. He said, I do nothing till the father shows me. So he took him back to the word. Well, the minister said, he said, I don't care. How many things you could produce? I still won't believe it. And I said, certainly not. You're an unbeliever. It was not sent to unbelievers. It was only sent to believers. And that's the only ones that's ever going to see it. Hallelujah. A little while and the world seeth me no more. Why? Because unbelief is getting more and more until where they can go about their whole day and they don't see God no more. Used to, some of them were conscious of a God or pray every once in a while, slip their hat off real quick and pray over the food. But now all of a sudden they've moved to where they don't even, they're not even conscious of God in any of their life. But ye shall see me. Did the devil somehow tell y'all that it wasn't you? But ye shall see me. <laughs> But ye shall see me, for I will be with you even in you to the end of the world. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Unbelief will only hinder or destroy the unbeliever. So I don't want to be an unbeliever. I want to be a believer. I want to believe that all things are possible. I want to believe that he can heal anybody. He can save anybody. He can do whatever he wants to do because he's God. He's done it before and he'll do it again. But it killed them in the days of Noah. What did? Unbelief. Oh, they heard the, the message. They, they, held it. they hung around the ark for a time being. Thought, well, maybe, maybe this is something. Maybe something is going on here. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never heard of a man going out and building this big a boat. This is incredible. Maybe, we, maybe there's something to this. But years went on. Time went on. And unbelief got stronger. Brother Aaron preached a wonderful message on the fence is empty. If you ain't heard it, go back and listen to it. 
If you have heard it, go back and listen to it. Amen. What is it? It's unbelief. Amen. They would sit there for a moment, maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, sitting on a pew, listening to Brother Noah preach. Wow, he's a good preacher. Wow, he can do some things. And after a little bit, you know, it seems like he preaches the same thing. I mean, it seems like he ain't got no new inspiration. But he was preaching what God told him to preach. And I know, I know it's a lot, of, it's real easy to criticize preachers sometimes because in our minds we think we can do it. If he can do it, surely I can do it. But you can only do it if God called you to do it. Amen. If God called you to do it, then God bless you. Amen. Amen. This, is what, this was Noah's calling in his life to preach, it's going to rain. And not only did he preach it, he lived it. He prepared for it. He'd done what God told him by the vision that was showed him. He was walking in the vision every day, preparing for the judgment that was coming upon the earth. Amen. But the unbelievers would hang around a little bit, hang around 20 years, 30 years. But pretty soon, they just fell off, off, off. This is not what we're seeing in this day. I've never witnessed something like this. A man that could tell the secrets of the heart. I've never seen this happen before. And it gets their attention. And it gets their their minds begin to work. Well, this has to be God. This this has to be God moving. This has to, and it is God. No denying that. It is God. But unbelief starts coming in. Whispering, doubts. And all of a sudden, faults are found. Don't you believe? I, I guarantee you, there was many faults found in Noah. In man's eyes. But the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We can find faults in anybody. Right. I, I, you don't believe that? Just go try to run for office. They'll find every fault they can in you. But that's what humans do. They, they tend towards the negative. Looking for faults, looking for failures. I don't know why I'm going this way. We're going anyhow. Looking for faults, looking for failures, looking for mistakes, and they are there. You're human. Noah had faults, but he had the word. That was the difference. Brother Branham, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you. Brother Branham didn't have faults. He didn't make mistakes. He admitted to himself. Himself. It's men that wants to put him up on some pedestal and say, everything he said was, thus saith the Lord. That's a lie. Amen. He was human. He had human thoughts. He had human mistakes. He had human failures. But he had the word. He had the visitation of the angel. The angel that come back after every service saying, this is amen, amen, amen. And the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart would come service after service after service. Amen. But unbelief keeps coming. Unbelief keeps pushing. Unbelief is pushing people right off. No matter what's been showed. No matter how many's been healed. No matter how many's been delivered. Did it in Jesus' day. Why do we think our day's any different? You have to believe. Faith is ridiculous to everybody but God and the one who has it. It's not ridiculous to God because he's the author of faith. And it's not ridiculous to the man that has faith because he's a believer in God. So it isn't ridiculous to him. To know it wasn't ridiculous. He had faith that what he saw God was going to bring to pass. 
The believer that receives it, it ain't ridiculous to him. It might be ridiculous to the world. It might be ridiculous to your neighbor. It might be ridiculous to your own kin. But to you that received it, it's not ridiculous. It's life. It's not ridiculous. It's everything. It's not ridiculous. It's the pearl of great price. It's not ridiculous. It's eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. He, did, he said, but when he knows it's there, amen, even when see, taste, feel, smell, or hear can't produce it, but he knows it's there, it's not ridiculous to him because it's just as good as done. He don't have to worry about it. He knows God said it, and God said it. That's all that matters. We want to have that kind of faith. God wants us to have that kind of faith. Unbelief won't destroy his plans. It won't do a thing to them. It'll go on just the same. Unbelief has no value in it at all. You're controlled by two elements. Either you believe or you don't believe. Either you take unbelief or you take what God said and apply faith to it. But if you take unbelief, it creates worry. It brings oppressions. It can't help you at all. There's no value in unbelief. Say if you you were to go to be a shot in the morning, it wouldn't help you any to worry about it. Not a bit. It's only going to make it worse. (laughs) Somebody sent me this funny little video of this guy apparently getting a shot in his arm. And he's so scared and so worried and so shook up. They couldn't even hardly sit there. You know, he's just screaming and all the things. Why? Because unbelief. It created worry. Created a fear that would grip him. Amen. Created where he couldn't have faith. He couldn't have peace. He couldn't have anything. And what good did it worry? What good does it do? I can tell you what it does to your body. It destroys it. It tears it down. It it brings all kinds of other ailments upon you. Amen. But what does the word of God do? It creates faith. Amen. God's word can deliver me. God's word can set me free. God's word can heal me. God's word can touch me. Amen. He's done it to me many times. I've seen many proofs of his resurrection. Amen. He's still the same today. And all of a sudden a pulsation begins. But there's no value in unbelief. All the value there is is in faith. Jesus came into the world. He came in a time of massive unbelief. And he's going to come again in the time of more massive unbelief. But he's going to come anyhow. The devil can wall up every devil he wants to. He's not going to stop it from coming to pass. He can bring it all in. He, well, as we've been saying before, he don't have enough. Because if he had enough, he'd try to stop this rapture. But he ain't got enough. And so he's put out thousands down. He's emptied hell into this, gener- into this time that we're living in. Into this atmosphere. But it still ain't enough. God's word will be fulfilled. So there's no need in worrying about what's going on around us. No need in worrying about what government's in place. It's on the times ticking just perfectly. Things are happening just perfectly. It's moving to just that moment to where, whew. And that one step will be the next step into eternity. What a day that's going to be. Amen. Do you know what, what, what kind of joy ought to fill our hearts if we wonder if right now this might be the last hill to climb. 
This might be the last sickness I go through. This might be the last trial I'm ever going to face. This might be the last time that my body's ever going to be sick. We're going to come to that moment. Hallelujah. Amen. What happens when you begin to think about that? It puts a little pep in your step. He begins to say, hey, I'm, I may be right here and we are very, 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 very close. We don't know when that last step's going to be into eternity. I just want to take that step. I just want to be a part of that step. I want to be the one that was walking in the vision of all we're Christian soldiers. Not doubting, not looking away, but in line with the word. Where the word goes, I go. What the word says, I do. Do, I do. Whatever it says, I'm going to obey. Unbelief never stopped God. It never stopped Jesus. It stopped those who disbelieved. It kept some, many from being healed. Who could have been healed if they would have believed. He, he went right on. Went right on around them. Kept healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers. Right on. When they didn't believe in such things could happen. Their unbelief didn't stop Jesus. He went right on doing what he was supposed to do. Didn't bother him. There has to be unbelievers. God said that. There's going, to be, uh, there's going to be unbelievers. But he says, fear not, little flock. It might be a thousand to one. It might be a million to one. But fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. So look for a great big something. Oh my. So I'd say it's not, it's not wrong to look for wonderful services. It's not wrong to look for the Holy Spirit to move service after service, time after time. It's not wrong to look for God to heal our sick. It's not wrong to look for babies to be born. It doesn't matter how bad the devil's tried to stop it. He can't stop it. It's going to happen. Amen. The devil's always after trying to stop it. Trying to make it different, make you disbelieve, just like he did there. He, he, he tried to make them to where they got to the point that when God comes as a baby, Jehovah crying in a manger, playing as a teenager, but God. He came to express God, came to reconcile the world. Caiaphas couldn't see it. The leaders of that day couldn't see it. People couldn't see it. But it was still God moving right on anyhow. No matter how much unbelief. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unbelief will not stop him. It will not stop his program. It will not stop his move. It will not stop anything but the unbeliever. I keep saying that, but I want you to get it. It will not stop him. There might be an unbelief in this building, thousand times thousands, but it will not stop him. All it takes is somebody to say, I believe. All it takes is somebody, I believe you, God. I believe where two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. I believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that no matter how bad the world is, no matter how impossible it seems, you're going to come in a moment in a twinkling of eye and change our old bodies. I believe it anyhow. Hallelujah. And it will break through every stronghold. 
And I want to say this again. Strongholds of the devil are not there to bind you, to hold you. They're there for you to destroy them. To tear them down. You can see it all through the Bible. Jericho tore down. Walls tore down. Amen. God doing impossible things for those who believe. They say there's no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is a lie. They say it's impossible for somebody to be saved anymore. That is a lie. Amen. They say it's impossible for a drug addict to be delivered anymore. That's a lie. It says it's impossible for a, for a doper or, or, or alcoholic to be delivered or a smoker. That's a lie. God does impossible things. They say it's impossible to heal cancer. That's a lie. We have witnessed it in this church. It's a lie. God heals cancer. Amen. They say it's impossible to bring a person back from a, a terrible brain breed until their whole brain is shifted over from one side to the other. And it's impossible. That's a lie. Amen. We saw it happen in this very building. They say it's impossible, amen, for prodigals to come home. But that's a lie. We saw it happen right here in this very building. Hallelujah. They say it's impossible for alopecia to be healed. It's a lie. We saw it happen right here in this very building. They say it's impossible for a young person to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. We have saw it happen right here. I saw it happen in a lake house. If God be God, he can go everywhere he wants to. He can do whatever he wants to. He can change the whole scene in just a moment. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. They say that it's impossible for somebody to be healed from high blood pressure or sugar diabetes. That's a lie. Hallelujah. Come on, let's wave the word. Let's let the standard be raised up. This Bible is still the truth today. He said, I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. And it's time believers start picking up their sword and saying, I'm tired of that devil that's been hindering me and built a stronghold around my life. He's coming down in the name of Jesus Christ. Every stronghold must come down. Every devil must fall. Every, hey, you are the people. He's got a bride in this age that's not going to go down and in a perfect eating, in a perfect place, and deny the word of God. But he's got a bride that's going to stand right in Satan's Eden and put her foot right on the back of his neck and say, no, devil, you ain't come here to defeat me, but I have come for this purpose for such a time as this. I come to destroy every work of the devil for such a time as this. I come to show cancer you can be healed. Because I believe in a God who heals cancer. And that, how dare that uncircumcised Philistine raise his hole over the head of one of God's servants. That's right. That's right. Let's call him out in the streets tonight. He's been on Brother Ron for a year now. It's time for that devil to die. Will you unite, unite with me and say, all things are possible. 
This devil has to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The same one that healed Sister Atlanta is the same one that's going to Grottos, Virginia and touch him on the side and say, you've been there long enough. Rise up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe, Hallelujah. I believe that all things are possible to those that have believed. It's time we speak the word of God and go forward. This Red Sea has not brought, been brought here to stop you. This Red Sea has been brought here for God to open it up and show you the way through it. That he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He don't change, he don't lie, and he will not change his mind. Come on, musicians. Hallelujah. God is God. I say God is God, and every devil better hear tonight. We serve not a dead God, a dead letter. We serve a God with a living word. Has creation power in it. It can raise the dead. It'll heal the sick. It'll cause those back to repentance. No such a thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost, Satan. You lied long enough. That's right. That's right. That's right. God said so. We believe it. God said so. There's nothing but the truth. Oh, hallelujah. God has said it, and that settles it. The word has been spoken. Oh, hallelujah. There's a people that's now, as Eve was united with that old serpent, the devil, and brought forth all the things that has taken place upon this earth, all the unbelief, every sin, every, every death, every casket, everything that's ever taken place is because a woman disbelieved and united herself with the wrong seed. But God's going to show him in Satan's Eden. There's a woman that believes. And she's not going to unite herself with his theology and his man-made creeds and his dogmas, but she's uniting herself with the true seed of God. Amen. Visible union of the bride. There's a people that are in power. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're a people that's in power. All things are possible. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads. Mercy. Maybe that'll just be somebody that wants to just praise him right now. It's your opportunity here in his presence. For calling you out of darkness into marvelous light. Oh, my, 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 my. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. You are worthy. If there's any doubt in your mind, straighten up. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till that mark, you'll be blind. 
We're right now, as it were, the blinding of Israel going to the Gentiles. Now we're going from the blinding of the Gentiles to Israel. We're here to be united. We have a message that's approved of God. By signs and wonders, a message that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he's a living. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's fulfilling scriptures to the world. He's showing it to them. That's the message we have. Hallelujah. My, don't you just feel his presence. Why don't you just bask in his presence? He has spoke tonight. It's his word. Let him come behind it and say amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just sing something softly. Only believe. this tonight. Lord, I believe. Are you a believer tonight? Lord, I believe. Could you be like the man that said, Lord, I believe. Forgive me of my unbelief. Help me to pull down that stronghold. Strongholds are there for you to overtake, for you to conquer. You're to be an overcomer in this hour. It's so important.
Are you ready to receive your blessing tonight? Can you just accept from God? There's a need here. Amen. All things are possible. Lord, I receive. only believe oh Lord we believe right now for this need father right now in the name of Jesus for the needs of your people here and around the world wherever they are listening in we speak over the blessings of the word right now in Jesus name oh God let us be believers father oh I to him just a moment now you got a need in your life just reach out to him and say Jesus come by my way Lord speak to me give me that leadership that I need in my life that direction that I'm looking for I want your Holy Spirit just to give me that direction Lord Jesus I want to believe when there's unbelief all throughout the world I want to be one that believes I want to break down every stronghold of unbelief. Take the word of God and its face value and say, Lord, I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. He's coming looking for faith. Amen. That's what the whole message came to do was to turn our hearts to believe, to cause us to take his word and believe it and act upon it. God wants some action in this day. People that have put their faith to work. It's the opportunity we have in this hour. Oh, Jesus. Amen. And only believe. Yes, only believe. All things are possible. Oh. in with God in a secret place there in the spirit beholding his face again